Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff and I'm joined as always by the esteemed uh, Richard Esquire Manfredi Esquire. Hello. And Sir Viscount Michaels of Winfield. (coughs) (laughs) Howdy. Those voices you may recognize as regular uh, characters on the show, the Mount Rushmore podcast. Uh, But this time on the Mount Rushmore podcast, the show in which we debate and deliberate the most ubiquitous aspects of any given topic, this time around, we're not talking about regular characters. We're talking about guests uh, voices and particularly on a show that's been running for 31 years, I think. 32, um, 32 33, and counting. The Simpsons. Uh, All the times to not have a guest on the show. <laughs> yeah. We right. haven't done a Simpsons episode in quite a while. We haven't long talked time. about The Simpsons. So yeah. We, used to, we had like a, a, like a kind of a streak there for a while where like at least every third episode, one of our picks was like a yeah. I don't know, Simpsons, some, Simpsons uh-huh. something or other. Is it? Because it's been around for thirty years, that it's had a blanket of culture uh, cloud that that makes it worthy of of chatting about. Do you think, or is it just uh, something we love? Well, I, I think you know it. I think The Simpsons built up so much goodwill in the first like decade of it being on the yeah, air. Yeah, and they've just been. It feels like they've been coasting on it. I'm definitely one of those people that are like live and die by the first eight nine yeah. seasons, and then you know just kind of. Went to college. Yeah. <laughs> right. And they were yeah. just like, oh, I guess I'm watching The Simpsons and I'd watch episodes. So, like, you know, I think this is a very interesting top, or it's fun, or at least The Simpsons has been on so long that it is a, such a, not just like a cultural phenomenon, but like, I'm not surprised by any guest star that has been yeah. on it at this point. I think it definitely, at when it first started, and definitely one of my picks, um, kind of highlight, like, to be on The Simpsons, you know, 30 years ago, that was like a big get. Like, yeah. if they could get somebody. How'd they get Michael Jackson? How'd they get. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, foreshadowing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, exactly. But you did. Well, yeah. But now it's like, if you tell me anybody has been on The Simpsons, I'll be like, okay, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Lady Gaga, I got sure. Stephen Hawking, for God's sake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, did they? Oh, wow. Okay. 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 Well, let's uh, jump right in. So, uh, who chose it? This was chosen by. Uh, Friend of the show and former guest Paul Lurie. Oh, awesome. was it? Yeah, this is a Plurie one. Oh, okay. I'm That's almost awesome. positive it is. Some will might have to Uh-oh. double check, but I'm pretty sure it is. Okay, um, Paul Lurie, uh, the next uh, letter in this the alphabet. This is for you. After <laughs> this is buds for you, man. This duff's for you. Uh, <laughs> did he move from Boston to somewhere else? He's in Cleveland. Now. He's in Cleveland. Wow. Right? No. Yes. Yes. Mm. Maybe. Maybe I don't know anything anymore. He's in also one of the second-tier sitcom locations. Yeah. Simpsons so, guest stars, Paul Lurie. There we go. Okay. Uh, after, uh, between L and N-O-P is M. That so, could be either of us. Uh, so Manfredi or Manf- Michael. <laughs> let's go with Manfredi. <laughs> let's get, get, get some Manfredi all over this topic. All right. So my first source, and one thing I should point out, and Michael mm. and I discussed this uh before the show. Oh, what? Collusion? Yes, there was oh. the collusionary <laughs> tactics on our part. We're, we're taking over. Sorry about that, Jeff. Man, that's... Um, no, uh, we decided not to include uh, kind of recurring characters. Oh, okay. So... Abe, you know. Or... So, yeah, well, more, more likely there's, there'll be no Kelsey Grammer as, as side Oh, job. okay, okay. No Phil Hartman yeah, roles. Yeah, we, we both kind of felt that they were just like a part of the show. Yeah. 
Okay. Extended family rather than a special guest star. Okay. Despite what the billing and yeah. their paychecks. Okay. Say. So don't yell at us if we don't have. Them. All right. Okay. Um. So my first choice is actually someone who has been on the show mul- multiple times, but I still think falls into the more of the guest star category. Has guest six separate roles on The Simpsons, hmm. and that person is Albert Brooks. Oh, I love it. I also have Albert Brooks, but as a specific role. Okay. It was yours, Hank Scorpio. Hank Scorpio, of course. Okay. Of course. All right. <laughs> let's let, let's give some love to him as Jacques. The uh, bowling instructor, yeah, uh, from one of the classic first season, one of the one of the first, I think, complete Simpsons episodes. It really feels like the Simpsons. Yeah. Um, also, Russ Cargill in the Simpsons movie, Cowboy Bob, the owner of not owner, very clearly makes he's a salesman, but not the owner of Bob's RV <laughs> Roundup. Uh, Feel good counselor Brad Goodman. Yeah. And Serenity Ranch Fat Camp uh, Counselor <laughs> Tab Spangler. <laughs> so he's done a variety of roles, but of course, what we know him most by is as Hank Scorpio, yeah. Homer Simpson's uh, boss slash uh, homicidal maniac uh, <laughs> slash best boss in the world. And it's just a tour de force of just playing this like super positive, great guy who just happens to be a lunatic who wants to take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a Bond bad guy, basically. What a fun uh, pick. I, you know, Albert Brooks, for me, was always kind of even like the hipster Woody Allen. He was always right. a person who was a little bit uh, kind of out of the mainstream. Uh, but yet, s- still did mainstream stuff. Yeah, still did mainstream stuff. I mean, it was on Carson, I think, dozens of times. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, love that choice and i think also when the producers are going for somebody who can play against type or has a just a kind of a comedic um a nuanced comedic presence albert brooks is a great person to go to i think phil hartman does those great bombastic kind of a lot of phil hartman's characters live in the world of television you know they they have a big persona and uh brooks has a wonderful kind of uh self-effacement to it and where does a guy named james l brooks find albert brooks that's what i want to know yeah, the brooks know. <laughs> yeah, if, if only i knew if there was a connection yeah there. do you guys know what's his real name uh albert einstein albert einstein and his brother uh, uh super dave osborne dave, super dave osborne yeah, yeah. Bob, bob bob einstein yeah they have another brother who's like a heart surgeon and they both say yeah he's the funniest guy in the family <laughs> and do you know he has a recording of his father dying no. Uh, his father was a vaudeville comic who became a... Jack- he doesn't just mean dying on stage. <laughs> no, say, not literally dying. Literally dying on stage at one of the Friars Roasts. His father was a uh, uh, vaudeville character, Her- I think Harry Einstein, and he was in a Jack... He was a, a played a unfortunate um, Native American stereotype, Harry Park Your Carcass or something. Hmm. Uh, maybe it wasn't Harry, but... Um, and his dad is on one of those friars roasts and has a heart attack and he, and Albert says there's a when he knows that's his dad's head hitting the table. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like what a thing to kind of shape your <laughs> Unbelievable. Your, your childhood. Uh wow, that's a fun one. Okay. Well, Michael, why did why did you choose Albert Brooks? Oh I, I think of all of his performances, I think this is his most fun. I, I do like his um uh uh, the one where he's trying to get Bart to uh, the, the be like the boy one. Yeah, yeah, the the Brad Goodman. Brad Goodman. Um, he has that, that raspy voice, but you know he's so just. I think you said like you said bombastic and fun, and he does come across like he does play both 
aspects of the character so well. He does play mm-hmm. like the super fun kind of um, boss that wants to be your friend, and uh, but he's also kind of like a goofy guy, and he's yeah. wearing his jacket backwards. And you want to you want a hammock? <laughs> we'll get you a hammock. He's just trying to appease Homer. You like these so moccasins? Well. You, you don't like them? Throw them away. Ever <laughs> seen the guy throw a shoe before? <laughs> Once. <laughs> and then he's also like, you know, I'm Hank Scorpio, and you have. 10 minutes to you know uh-huh. deliver the money and so he he switches back and forth between those roles yeah. so uh so nicely and he's just uh, just great he's just yeah. great it's just i do suspect that he might be one of those go-tos when they didn't find a celeb to cast like or, as a kid i always wondered why buck henry was on snl so much um <laughs> as a guest host and i didn't know till later that it was when the regular host fell out. <laughs> right. They didn't have anyone better yeah. to plug in. Yeah. What did I see something on SNL like this week or last week? One of the uh, Ed Sheeran like got COVID and like he couldn't perform. And then like they were scrambling. New York. You have, yeah, you, really? There's not like any number of bands that yeah. can easily fill in that are in New York or could fly there like yeah. pretty quickly from any part of the country. Yeah. Very strange that like hmm. the idea of like SNL like having to scramble. It's like. Did right. they get John Goodman to, to, sing, to <laughs> play harmonica and sing Blues Brothers? I love that. Did you send me the Twitter handle? Is just musicians introducing uh, yeah. uh, people introducing <laughs> SNL music. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Musical acts or whatever it is. It'll be like, uh, oh my god! It'll it be was like great. It Charlene was Charlene Tilton going, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Squee or Todd Rundgren. Yeah, that's the one I remember. What I like is that uh, the person that started it initially, like they went on this tear over the first like couple of days. It's like, and then it blew up, and people are like, slow down. Wow. <laughs> it's too many. You can't get them all out at the same time. Just to be fair, there's something like, I mean, probably like 500 of them that you can go through. Yeah. So, all right. Well, what's your second choice, Michael? My second choice is you mentioned it earlier. It's Michael Jackson oh, playing uh, the character Michael Jackson. Uh-huh. Actually, the character's name is um, Leon. Uh, I have it written down here. Da da do, da da lee da lee. Yeah. Gene or some there's some form Leon of- Kampowski. So the what's interesting. Yeah. Well, one is that this is very early on in the Simpsons. Oh, yeah. It was like 1991, maybe yeah. in the not the first season because it was so short, but maybe the second season that you know the Simpsons had blown up as this pretty significant yeah. cultural phenomenon that you know the president or the vice president was like shitting on it already. Yeah. T- trying to tear it apart for you know poor family values and all that nonsense and then michael jackson i don't know uh which way it goes if he approached them or they approached him probably he approached them Mm -hmm. my guess is i don't know how often it happens with these special guest stars where uh they kind of go and say oh i'd like to be on the simpsons or the simpsons is like you know we're gonna like to have you on as a guest or you know whatever the writers do yeah but with him, I, he was probably the one that approached him was like, you know, I'd like to be on your show. And then you have to figure out well, how do you get Michael Jackson into the show? And then he drops the bomb on you. That's like, oh, I don't want to. I, I don't want my name to be on the show. So they have to write this character uh, who is a mental patient that Homer meets because Homer wears a pink shirt accidentally. And the boss uh-huh. thinks he's crazy because <laughs> yeah. his shirt was dyed pink accidentally. And... um he meets someone in like the, you know, kind of the, uh, what's the word for it? Like the mental facility, the mental care facility that talks like Michael Jackson, but he's this gigantic bald white guy, Mm -hmm. which, you know, you later find out where you never quite sure at the time if it was actually Michael Jackson, but boy, it sounds awfully like him. 
Yeah. And then he sings a couple of songs and um, uh, I guess later on it was actually a different person that did the singing. He, Michael Jackson didn't want to sing for the part. Mm-hmm. He only wanted to act the role of the part of the mm-hmm. person that thinks he's... It was very, you know, uh, very inside, you know, very meta, very inside whatever. But uh, I think that was just one of the most iconic just Simpsons guest stars roles. And if there was yeah. anyone that was bigger than Michael Jackson in 1991, he either just put out bad or was about to put out dangerous, you know, he was right right on the cusp of still being the biggest pop star in the world. According to Wikipedia, Michael Jackson was a fan and actually reached out to Matt Groening. There you go. To, uh, to request, say, Hey, I'd love to do Mm -hmm. a guest spot. I, I remember hearing a producer on the Simpsons say that Michael Jackson also traveled with a guy, a white guy who sounds exactly like Michael Jackson. And he asked that his microphone be put up behind a screen. So, and both of them were behind that screen. So he says there was times where you didn't know for sure that that was Michael Jackson speaking those lines. And do you know also it's not on Disney Plus? No. Yeah, I read about that too. Wow. That because of um, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson's uh, allegations and all the stuff with um, child abuse and all that stuff that they were like, nope, we can only kind of get it on. Mm-hmm. Blu-ray or whatever. And what's his... Um, I I thought at the time his credit in, in it was something like Jay Schmidt or... <laughs> yeah, he's not credited as Michael Jackson. Yeah. Uh, as in John... John J. Smith. John... Oh, John J. Smith? Yeah, that's what it Okay, is. okay. And um, also, it's not his singing voice whenever he sings the Happy Birthday Lisa song. Oh, okay. He actually got a Michael Jackson impersonator That's to the do thing, it yeah, okay. Because he thought it would be funny to play a prank on his brother's and get them to think that it was actually him singing when it was really an impersonator. Mm. Riot. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jackson, known for, being, known for his sense of humor. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, well, definitely, that's got to be... I mean, that might be the biggest celebrity that we'll ever get outside of a president or something. Or the Pope. The Pope, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, and I think as a as a Simpsons watcher at that time, at that, that point, you really felt like, oh, this is now... This has been knighted. You know, this, this show has right. has been, has arrived. What's your second, Richard? I will give you another big celebrity get from the second season. Uh, Dustin Hoffman. Oh, mm. wow, yeah. Playing Lisa Simpson's substitute teacher, Mr. Bergstrom. Mm-hmm. Otherwise known as Mr. Nerdstrom. Mr. Mr. Bo- Mr. Bo- Mr. Boogerstrom. Yeah. Um, in the episode Lisa Substitute, where uh, he becomes a substitute teacher for Miss Hoover. And is just the best teacher you could possibly imagine. Just the the platonic ideal of a teacher that that Lisa would want. He's committed. He's funny. He's smart. He rewards her for being smart. Just everything you want to be. And, of course, being a substitute teacher when Miss Hooper is ready to come back, it's time for him to leave town. And Lisa runs out to the train station to meet him. And he hands her a note that says this will, basically, anytime you feel down, look at this note to make you feel better. And the note says, I am Lisa Simpson. Which is incredible. Yeah, one of the one of the, the most touching pieces of mm-hmm. Simpsons writing that that, that happened. Uh, a, what like Michael Jackson, Dustin Hoffman was credited at, not as him for con- contractual reasons, and also because he wasn't sure that he wanted to be attached to a television cartoon. Oh wow! So he was he was kind of hedging his bets a little bit. Oh. So James L. Brooks actually came up with the uh, the idea to give him the stage name of Sam Eddick. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> Get it? Because he's Jewish. <laughs> yeah. Dustin Hoffman, comedy legend. 
Um, so apparently the entire cast went out to New York to film this episode. Oh. Even the, yeah, I, I think back then they probably filmed in Los Angeles mm-hmm. now. And I'm pretty sure they all just sort of fil- recorded from their homes and sent yeah. in their stuff. And uh, Yardley Smith said that basically getting to record face-to-face with Dustin Hoffman made her such a better actress. Oh, wow. I mean, you can imagine just getting a chance to act with somebody like that. Yeah, that's nice. Went up your game quite a bit. Yeah. And it's just a a great, warm performance. He's not, he's kind of the straight man. It's not like they're playing off of him being Dustin Hoffman there, except for this one graduate scene with uh, Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) Miss But there, it's it's not stunt casting. It feels more like that this was an important role, and they wanted to get someone who could play it effectively, yeah, and really give it the the the, the gravitas that mm-hmm. it needed. I would say if you are a composer and of a violin concerto, and you know that there is a Tony violin, Tony <laughs> Tony concerto. <laughs> well, you know that there's. Um, you know, Milton, Milton Berle, <laughs> uh, uh, Henny Young, Henny Youngman plays violin, but also Itzhak Perlman, and also Itzhak Perlman has a Stradivarius. So there, you can only if if they're this uh, team of writers who've been noted for this wise cracking juvenile character Bart Simpson in the first season, and a dumb ma- patriarch Homer, and they think guys, what if we did something great? What if we did something touching? Mm. You know, Lisa's a very intelligent person who has all these emotions. What if we found a foil for her, or somebody who, who she could really open up to? It, it would be great, but if not, not if we have Polly Shore as the teacher. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's what I think where the guest... She opens the note up, says, be the wheeze. Yeah, be the wheeze. <laughs> uh Buddy, uh, if you <laughs> another note, the second note. I I can see that these guest stars fulfill this this mm. thing. Like, who would be great for this? If we're going out on a limb, who would be great for this? And damn it, if it wasn't Hoffman, it, 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 it does feel like it's a. It is a case of shooting your shot, right? Yeah, like you know, I'm sure you know between Sam Simon and James L. Brooks, they have a ton of contacts uh-huh. in the film and television industry. So it's not like it would be you or I or Mike yeah. trying to call up and get, you know, Dustin Hoffman on the podcast. Yeah. But at the same time, there has to be an element of like just throwing it out there and just praying that he's game to do it. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we're at a halftime. We invite you to go uh, back into the archives. Um, it's a little bit dusty in there. Uh, it's a sure roomy i mean it's like five years worth of stuff is that right yeah, six we're, we're, you know we're we're closing in at the end of the year by the end of the year we'll get to episode 299 which wow you know if you if you'd like look back i was scrolling through the other day just scrolling through like some of the old ones we've done just this year and last yeah. year i was like man we've covered a lot of stuff yeah just like a lot of just a lot of stuff yeah we've talked a lot about things uh-huh cats cats oreos I- Oreos. Just looking around the room, just seeing what we see. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm amazed at how dated some of the things. Like, remember we did how, that whole like three-parter on fidget spinners? Remember yeah, that? Yeah. We were Why really did we, there. we really like went in hard on that? So look for the pigeon, pigeon spinner, the pigeon spinner <laughs> episode. <laughs> uh, you know, even just search if you came here because you like the Simpsons. Search for search yeah. Simpsons. You'll probably find a lot. And then, yeah. And after you find them, share them. Don't keep them to yourself. This is the season of giving we're coming upon. And uh, what better gift than, well, all the all gifts are better than the Mount Rushmore podcast. Look, I've got thousands of T-shirts printed with a cartoon Michael saying "I Carumba." Yeah. <laughs> if we could please start getting some, we got unlo- so we can sell that. that unload would, these that shirts. Would be great. Um, we have one in Rasta yes. flavor, if you like. One with uh, me, um, Batman, Black a, Bart, yeah, gangster rapper. Me shoving uh, some uh, Scud missiles up uh, Saddam Hussein's ass. You know, it's all, we got the whole, all of them. He's everything, everything from 1990 to 1992 in terms of a Simpsons reference. He's looking at the gas price that says a dollar fifty. Icarumba. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So uh, let's say that was our halftime, and let's say we're back. And let's say at this point, I think it would, Michael would share his third. Is that right? My third choice. Now, oh boy. So oh. I, you know, I was thinking since I've primarily have like my life of The Simpsons within the first like decade of it, probably up yeah. until like the whenever the movie came out. I remember seeing the movie and being like, "Is that all there is in a movie?" I didn't dislike it. Yeah, but I, I didn't love it, and I think I kind of t- fell off after then. So I was like, okay, let me look through who have been guest stars in the last I don't know 20, 20 years, years? Mm-hmm. so I was specifically listening like season like 20 through 33 been like oh. or somewhere in there being like okay look, what's what's the weirdest one I could find because anybody can be on the show now that's what there's a weird like less specialness about being a guest star now because sure. literally everybody is like Daniel Radcliffe great he's been on the show like a few times in oh. different characters cool yeah like you know it's harry potter it doesn't matter anymore Mm -hmm. these things these guest star appearances don't matter so like okay what's the weirdest one and i was like scrolling down scrolling down then i saw sigur ross oh wow who yeah the uh the icelandic band band. Mm -hmm. oh so my choice was from a season 22 episode season 24 episode uh where sigur ross was kind of the guest star and this is where like i might lose points and i understand Uh but they did like a reimagining of the opening music Mm -hmm. they um appeared in the episode as themselves kind of standing in like a group shot they did music throughout so they were there they just weren't as guest star but the point is did they do any voices well the singing well yes but but, acting voices no but the point is and i understand if i don't get points for it i don't care at this point, what am I gonna do? Yeah, you're, you're, who, who is who is the Mount Rushmore? Oh, Jeff is the Mount Rushmore police. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you're doubling down on musicians. Yeah, maybe tripled down. I don't. Know. So the, the point is, is that very strange to see this band that one isn't like a huge, particularly huge band. They're very specific. They're very right. niche. Yeah, and to see them as like the guest star on The Simpsons is very strange. Yeah, and then I thought, well, how did how did they get on there? So the episode is about Carl, uh, you know the the uh, Carl Carlson, Carl Carlson, the kind of uh, the black friend of Lenny and Homer's friend mm-hmm. and Moe's friend, and the episode is about how he 
steals a bunch of money, goes back to Iceland because he's actually Iceland. He's adopted Icelandic and his last name Carlson. And then an adventure in Iceland. And I thought, well, how did they get here? Did they oh, say, yeah. we want to bring Sigurós... <laughs> We want to do something with Sigur Ross, so let's figure out how to do something Icelandic. Or we want to do something with Carl and Carlson. Someone was like, well, Carlson could be an Icelandic. And that's how they got to Iceland. Yeah. And when you think of Iceland, you think of Bjork. Bjork, and you think of <laughs> Sigur Ross. So it's like very, like, I just, the idea of how these things come together, it could, and it could have started any number of ways. Mm -hmm. Maybe someone just went to Iceland and was like, I just want to get all this imagery in there. This feels like a Matt Groening thing. Maybe. He's, he's, he's a real music nerd. Hmm. So I, this feels like he was like a Sigurd Roast fan and decided to just get them involved somehow. Uh, could be. but Because I, I, I would think if you were thinking no, uh, Icelandic celebrities... Bjork would be your first choice. She makes she makes a little appearance there. They're like visiting a museum, and you just see like a Bjork statue standing in the background <laughs> wearing like the swan dress. Yeah, and then she blinks once. <laughs> I like the idea that she's just standing around. It's not a statue, it's but um, yeah, very, just very strange. And, mm -hmm. and then I'm like, oh yeah, so anybody can be a guest star on this. Episode. Yeah, this band that doesn't even have to say anything. They're this thing. They did some music and they did some wonderful mm -hmm. imagery in there. But like, I thought, ah, yeah, how odd. That's really cool that they're using their status to not just uh, bring a celebrity in who will give them gravitas, but maybe give a little bit of uh, spotlight to a band that is indie and and known. But yeah, I, I remember Dana Gould. I was a fan of Dana Gould as a, a stand-up comic, and he was the only comic I ever knew who talked. I mean, he had a bit about Elvis Costello, <laughs> and this was when Elvis Costello was still kind of you know, not, not huge now, like he is. And I remember thinking, oh, cool, this is my kind of comic because he's talking about this this uh, uh, kind of alternative. alternative guy. So, yeah, that's fun that uh, that they're doing that. All right, two two musicians from Michael Jackson, although, yeah, Michael Jackson, so for Michael Winfield, Michael Jackson did actually have lines. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he had lines. Yeah. He just didn't sing. That's, I mean, that's yeah. the irony of it, I guess. Okay, man, Freddie, what's your third? All right, my third one is from the episode Homer's Phobia, and it is John Waters. Mm, oh, fun. Yeah, yeah, good episode. Yeah, great episode. Um, bring us the uh, the gay dancing uh, steel mill. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite little bits <laughs> in Simpsons history. Um, and, and I think this is great because it's a rare example of the Simpsons having to play down the persona oh. of a guest star. Because usually a lot of times if it's a guest star playing themselves or playing someone who's close similar to themselves, they wind up taking, okay, what does the public know about this person? And then how can we like play on that to either magnify it yeah, or make it like, oh, everything you know about this person is wrong. You think they're X, but they're actually mm -hmm. Y. And in this case, he's playing a character named John, who is the owner of a collectible slash curio shop mm -hmm. in Springfield. And... He's basically playing John Waters, but like a 75% version of John Waters. Yeah. Like, this is not Pink Flamingo's John mm -hmm. Waters. This is beloved cultural icon, you know, late, late period John Waters. And it's just a, you know, it's a, it's a really great episode. It's one of the few times where The Simpsons has tried, I think, to take on something cultural and sort of like sociological or whatever you want to call it. And made it work. Yeah. A lot of times whenever they go for the hot button kind of issue or topic kind of episodes, it kind of falls flat. Mm -hmm. That's not what they do well. 
But in this one, uh, the episode is basically uh, the fa- the Simpsons family winds up befriending John, and Homer loves him until Marge kind of points out, oh yeah, he's gay, which flips Homer out. Homer gets worried that Bart is going to become gay because he's hanging out yeah. with John, only to eventually have his life saved uh, by John from a rampaging pack of uh, reindeer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he he learns a valuable lesson, but it but it's it's subtle. It's not doesn't beat anyone over the head with it, and John Waters basically said he did the first time John Waters in the sentence subtle and has <laughs> ever come up, with my, which is kind of my point. Um, he, he, apparently, he said that he agreed to be on the show because if it was good enough for Elizabeth Taylor to be on, it was good enough for him, which I think is a great explanation yeah. for why he would be on the show. Yeah, also maybe a juicy uh, opportunity for the writers to take on that voice. Um, some guest stars like, uh, you know, Albert Brooks as Hank Scorpio are, aren't necessarily playing their character. They're playing a character. Mm, right. And uh, um, uh, Ultra Suede's a miracle. That was just good timing. You know, that's a line that John Waters says in that. Like, that's that's a campy kind of fun John Waters sure. thing to say. So, yeah, some, some writers get this opportunity with this guest to kind of sp- to speak in there milieu a little bit can yeah we, can, we, can we talk about that elizabeth taylor cameo yeah we can like what a she said she's maggie's voice yeah she said like dada yeah <laughs> that's it what a letdown <laughs> that's all okay uh well yeah i guess you what, what what was she gonna be what do you think if she was like the the seductress next door neighbor or the uh, Maggie the cat kind of Tennessee Williams she kind literally of literally could have done any any yeah. number of things anything it? other than a, a a baby yeah yeah because that's clearly just hype that's the press yeah. press hype <laughs> okay uh, Michael okay well uh, Jeff mentioned doubling down so here comes the triple down Uh-oh. music another music, music one Sting no uh, Barry White. Uh, very white. That would have been a great one. I mean, another. I was. I was on my short list. There's so many good ones, but again, I was trying to expand my horizons because um, I felt like I was too constrained. Okay. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, okay. From season 32. One of the few year, episodes that I've actually yeah, watched. Playing um, the fictional version of Morrissey, Quillaby. <laughs> um, where uh, he is just great in this. Uh, episode which is kind of has like these two tracks one it's homer kind of dealing with some issues of like manliness okay where he has like low testosterone so he buys a truck very homer <laughs> sort of thing to do was it a canyon arrow uh no it was i don't know some but basically you know the same sort of deal right you know? and then um uh with the truck uh he gets a spotify subscription but it's not spotify it's called slapify which is one of the things that rankles me the most about The Simpsons in the last 20 years is that they've decided to really like ease up on how they go after some of oh. like the brands. Uh-huh. Like they used to like name drop Apple and Coke and whatever, all these different things. Sure. It was no big deal. But then they kind of started like, yeah. oh, we've got to be a bit more sensitive to like these things. So like, I don't know. The phone she uses is like a Mapple phone. Yeah. It's just like, what? That's so weak. Mm-hmm. So Slapify. So Lisa starts listening to music yeah. and like all their suggestions and she doesn't like any of it. And then it was like, well, if you don't like any, any music at all, you might like Quillaby. you might like uh, Quillaby and the Snuffs. So she discovers, <laughs> uh, you know, 
Morrissey-type music, and she just falls for it because it's so dour and so Smiths-esque. Yeah. Oh, I got And then she to gets to a point where she, like, creates him as an imaginary friend that's kind of walking along with her. And, like, the animation for it is wonderful because he's just, like, flopping all over the place. <laughs> his posture's all, like, you know, just kind of shoulders rolled, and he's, like, you know, fainting and everything. But Benedict Cumberbatch plays the role, and he's so good. He's yeah. so good at doing this impersonation that isn't quite an impersonation. Like, uh-huh. it's there, but it's not, you know, yeah. exactly. Uh, and she, he kind of follows her through the town, and she changes her style, and she's trying to, you know, revolutionize. You know, she's very Lisa Simpson. She mm-hmm. falls for something and tries to make everybody else see the goodness yeah. in it. Yeah. But then she discovers uh, that... Quillaby and the Snuffs are playing it like a, a bumbershoot rip, whatever it's called, some other bullshit name. Coachella thing. It's a Coachella, you know, sort of thing. And he's like fat and old and like <laughs> is eating meat and racist. And I thought, God, I mean, it's such it's such a good uh, episode about my own personal feelings oh about God. this guy. Yeah. Who I can't still can't get enough of his older music. Yeah. And but he uh, betrayed his ideals. And then, yeah. and then you're like. Oh, that's right. He's an asshole, and he's now he's kind of racist. Yeah, and maybe he always was, but you just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And like she goes, she just gets heartbroken. It's just it's an actually a really good episode. That's uh, great. Yeah. Um, one other fun thing about it, though. Sorry, do you want to say something? I was going to say. I think I I I'm not disagreeing with Benedict Cumberbatch. He was great on the episode. I think the secret MVP of the episode, and maybe this is what you yeah. were going to say, was Brett McKenzie. Yes. From Flight of the Concords, uh-huh. who wrote the music, and I, he probably oh. performed as as Quillaby. Quillaby. yeah, mm-hmm. and it's great. He's just so he's just so good at mimicking, yeah, a style, a style, yeah. mm-hmm. and just gets it just perfectly. Oh, that's sings great. a song called um, uh, like everybody's perfectly awful. Everybody's <laughs> like everybody's horrid except for me, and yeah, you. and possibly you, yeah. <laughs> but so. Oh, fun one. Good, yeah. All right, uh, wrap it up, Rippity Richard. Rap, All right, so we've rap, been rap. talking this whole time about... Oh, by the way, I'm not including anyone from outside of the first 10 seasons because... Yeah, I get it. They don't exist. <laughs> um, we've been talking about all these great Simpsons cameos where the people wanted, loved being on, and they got a great performance out of them, and it's something that's very memorable that people you know look back on and go, wow... Michael Jackson, Dustin Hoffman, whoever it is. Okay. <laughs> we, I would like to talk about, because not all celebrity uh, appearances go smoothly. Mm-hmm. I know in a previous episode, we had talked about Jose Canseco forcing them to rewrite his plot line in the uh, softball episode sure, yeah. to make him into a hero. Hmm. Um, so I would like to talk about Lawrence Tierney for a minute. You might know Lawrence Tierney as he was a tough guy. Uh, kind of film noir and uh, Western actor for okay. years. Probably best known, though, for playing Joe Cabot in Reservoir Dogs. Okay. He's the guy who hires all of the uh, all the different colors mm-hmm. to do the bank heist. And so they loved him from this role, and they wanted and this is a second season episode again, I think. Um, this is the episode Marge Be Not Proud, where um, Bart gets a gets uh, caught shoplifting the Bone Storm video game because Marge wouldn't buy it for him because it was too uh, too violent. Yeah. And he plays uh, Dan Brodka, who was the uh, security guard who catches Oh, him. yeah, okay. Right. Whoops. Hold on. 
edit this part out real quick. Okay. And apparently, Lawrence Tierney was a complete pain in the ass the entire time of recording. He uh, showed up, got dropped off at the Fox lot. The driver says he refuses to take him back and speeds off. I'm reading from Josh Weinstein, who was a writer on the episode. He posted a, a Twitter thread about this um, and just all the, the wacky things that happened. Apparently, Lawrence Tierney, who was known as this t- kind of as, as real brusque, there's two ways to do things, my way or the highway, one of those sort of voices. Well, he got on set and decided that he was going to do everything in his southern accent. Hmm. A very bad, weird southern accent, apparently. And the writers had to talk him out of that. Um, they had to explain all of the jokes to him, and if and any joke that he thought wasn't funny, he would refuse to do it, and they had to talk him into doing it. And he just was a, a, a complete pain in the ass, which jibes with my experience with Lawrence. Oh, there we go. Which is not direct, but it's it was through second parties. While I was at USC, the drama department did a, a, a play version of Reservoir Dogs. And uh, for the opening night, they managed. They got Lawrence Tierney to show up as a uh, as kind of the, the the honored guest. And apparently, he showed up and he was very drunk, super handsy with all the women, mm-hmm. and just belligerent. Uh, he did have a guest one guest starring role as uh, Elaine's dad on Seinfeld. And apparently he was also completely drunk and insane on the on the set. Uh, stole a knife from the set at one point. <laughs> and so I just love this idea that... And it's not like he was... Look, if, if Brad Pitt shows up and is a diva, you deal with it. Yeah. Because it's Brad Pitt. This is, you know, B, B-movie star Lawrence Tierney mm-hmm. coming in to do a guest spot. And he's just completely over all over the place. Yeah. But they got, here's the thing that I love about it, is they got a great performance from him. Even with all of his eccentricities and nutjobness, mm-hmm. the, the writers are like, we got a great performance out of him. Everything he did was wound up being great, and it's, it's a great little, one of our favorite little guest roles. It's just that he was a nightmare to work with. Wow. Uh, do you think, I, I wonder if it's easier to do that with uh, audio recordings, where oh, you could sure. just, yeah. <laughs> sure, you could get enough takes, and eventually one of them is going to be decent. I, I wonder if it was Lawrence Tierney. What's, what I think is kind of interesting thing is there was a, there was a, do you remember the tube bar or it was a recordings of prank calls? Red. Was it Red? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what it's called. I think. I think that's one you're thinking of. Yeah. And well, they did a movie of it. Right? Yeah. I thought the movie was called The Tube Bar because it was next to, anyway, I can't find that on IMDb, but I thought Lawrence Tierney plays the guy yeah, in the I believe, movie. I believe he does. Which is an interesting kind of Simpsons loop around because um, supposedly the Mosislak um, prank phone calls uh, were inspired by that, those recordings. Yes. Which is a kind of a strange convergence. Um, okay. This is, uh, this is going to be easy. Mm. This is going to be easy. Um, we're going uh, Albert Brooks. We're going to go... Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. We're going to go John Waters. And we're going to go Michael Jackson because. Okay. All right. So this has been the Mount Rushmore of Simpsons guest stars. I 
tonight only am Jeff. And I was played by Richard. I'm Michael. He doesn't bite. Never, never. Uh, Guys. Amy. Amy.